to 30 Minutes of Hell, Field of 68 Network, with the coach, Paul Biancotti, East Boston legend, Pope John High School Tigers, Hall of Famer, Salem State, you name it, coast to coast, every continent on the planet, there ain't no Coach B. Thanks for joining me, Coach B, and it's beautiful because you got, you got Red Hour back. Right above your head, looking down on you. Right up there. And I got Bird right on to the side of, of Red. Huffing the stogie. I got, I got Larry Bird and Red Hour back behind me. Coach, the first Christmas gift I ever got. Larry Bird in the starting lineup. Action figure. That's how we do it in Beantown. How are we, Coach? I'm doing great. Sorry, Larry. I'm doing great. I watch you on the SEC network all the time, and I love it. You and Patrick Young, you know, you two guys would make a nice screen and roll combination, by the way. Well, where would you have ranked? Uh, uh, he was, what, a five-star guy? Do we have yeah, a he was, he was He was a five-star guy. You were a five-star shooter. <laughs> hey, where can I get a hold of the 95 class rankings? 1995, that is. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know where I was then. I was at Boston College trying to change. Were those all handwritten? Those were, somebody has those handwritten? You know, guys Tom like Kinchowski. Bob, Tom Kinchowski, Bob Gibbons, uh, Clark Francis, the Hoop Scoop. I go to the Hoop Scoop because his stuff is online and, and maybe Bob Gibbons as well online to see what the uh, rankings were back then in 95. Microfilm, the Boston Public Library. You know, like the old microfilm, pull up the old Boston Globe, all scholastic. All hey, scholastic listen. teams. Wayne Turner, Scooney Penn, Marcus Wills. Eggy. Eggy McCray, the Spider-Man. Eggy McCray. <laughs> hey, how about Shannon Bowman? Nobody wanted a piece of Shannon. He was a killer. The beast, Shannon Bowman. He was a, uh, a class or two ahead of me. So it was one of those whenever you play – you know, whenever I played against him, it was – he just beat you up. It was no basketball. Yeah. He just beat you up and then score. Punch you so it, it was It was you, Scooney, Chris Heron, Wayne Turner. Hell of a basketball. Chris was 94. Okay. So he was a, he was a, a year early. I, Mickey Curley was 95, class of 95. Boston College Eagle, just like you. Um, we're reminiscing. Shut up. See this, Coach? This is yep. an actual shooting shirt from 1997. So wow. fit. I was smart enough, though. I didn't. I took another kid's shooting shirt so I wouldn't get in trouble. He's a, right. You got to have so, your shooting shirt. Right, but I stole someone else's, so they so they think he's the one that took it. <laughs> that, that's Everett Mast all the way right there. Chess and checkers, coach. Come on now. <laughs> um, so you uh, obviously – People very familiar with you, class rankings, player rankings. We've got Razorbacks watching this, listening to this. Everybody's excited about the class of 2022. Let's start there, and then we'll get into a few other things. Yeah. Um, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, Darian Ford, Joseph Ping. Barry Dunning. Oh, that's right. Alabama kid. Five. Five. Where's where the where are they right now uh, in that class of 2022? In, in, in terms of class like, rankings nationally, class. they're third. Third. Okay. Overall third. Five. So that's and, five and signs. 
I, I don't remember in the, in the time that I've done this since 2009, Arkansas has never been third yeah. and they certainly haven't been in the top 10 that I remember. They could have been, but not recruiting at this pace with this type of relentlessness. <laughs> That's right. So five, five high level signees um, following with coach Musselman. Is that oh. typically, is that a high number of, freshman signees that you've seen him over his few years well I guess he's Nevada a few years and Arkansas a few years yeah that's a lot of freshmen but they're all inside the ESPN 100 which you and I've talked about before yeah if I break it down there's roughly a half a million kids playing high school ball wow. and there's rough roughly these are all estimations about a hundred thousand plus 125,000 seniors Okay, so a thousand of those kids, high school, go play Division One college basketball, more or less about a thousand. Because you've got 300 and I think it's 51, 52 Division One programs now. They average three scholarships. So you're in the ballpark of about 11, 1200. But with the portal, that, that's lowered the number a little bit. Let's say a thousand. So out of the thousand that are going D1, we only rank a hundred. Mm. And you've got five of those in the hundred. So when you start to break down the numbers, it, it really is phenomenal the work that, that Moss and his staff have done, the identification, the evaluation of, of the players, and then the pursuit to get them and a lot of in-state prospects. And I think that that's the key, Pat. You've yeah. got to keep the good players at home. Uh, in the past, some of the good players have went other places. Uh, obviously, a couple of guys from Arkansas in the past have went to, say, Kentucky. Uh, right. or other places so you're ah, keeping we're, we're, you're we're, keeping the best players at home man we I don't want to hit it. i couldn't keep the best at home the best decided to go to arkansas <laughs> we just hey we just needed one more scholarship at bc or somebody to flunk out you know that never yeah, happened I, I i take the onus the responsibility i would i had the gun i was slow on the trigger <laughs> well look how it all ended up you, you know everybody ended up moving on in a couple years yeah. anyway yeah yeah, look how everything just turned out beautifully. We we won. We won the Big East Championship, and we yeah, had some yeah. great years, and you became the all-time leading three-point shooter in Arkansas. That's right. I would have loved to play with Scooney, though, in Cabali. Would have loved to play with Scooney. He could go. And Mickey. Uh, Mickey would have Mickey yeah. freed you up with some hard screens. Yeah, that was he a good He would have got squad. you open. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Uh, one of the big names, Nick Smith. In Arkansas, I was at North Little Rock High School now. I actually had a little bit of an issue uh, with, with the beginning of his high school this year, playing high school because he had transferred. McDonald's All-American team just announced. Nick Smith's on that team. I don't get a chance to go and watch. I'm, I'm not living in Little Rock right now like I was, so I would get a chance to watch a lot of these guys play. What can you tell me about Nick Smith uh, and, and what you see in his game? Really skilled as a backcourt player. Originally, and through his career, Pat, he's a guy who came off screens, whether it was a pin down, a stagger, just to, or a spot up. On penetration, he would spot up and move. So he was a guy who came off of spot ups and screens, knocked down threes, and also into the pull. He's got a beautiful pull-up jump shot. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he can take it all the way to the rim in the high school game. He's 6'4", super athletic. He's got great balance. He's got a great first vertical when he takes mm -hmm. off. And then he's got a quick second jump when he's at the rim. He's got terrific body control. And then in the last year or so, 
he's, you know, the ball's been in his hands, especially like in the summertime when guys can, you know, maybe play with a little bit more freedom to see what they can do. Right. And he played for Bradley Beal Elite, which is Bradley Beal's team. Yeah. And um, he really navigates well now in pick and roll. So when he comes off a ball screen, if you're going to go under, he's going to make you pay. If you mm. chase him over, he's going to attack, create separation. He can get to the rim, get to his pull up, and he's starting to find guys. So he's becoming a, a I don't want to say a point guard because I think his DNA is to score the basketball and he scores right. it at a high level. And I think that's what you can count on when he gets to Arkansas. Transition, he may run to the corners, may run to the wings. In the half court set, you're going to run stuff for him, or you can make him a screener. He'd be a great decoy, obviously. He'd get other guys open if he set screens because he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to drive. He's an aggressive scoring guard who could turn into a lead guard because he is comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's making better decisions. And he's kind of relentless on the court. Like, he just keeps coming at you all game. Doesn't matter he's got the score. He's, he's, he's got that mentality yeah. that he's, he's going to keep coming all game long, regardless of the score. He really has this, you know, intuition to, to be the best and, and, to, and to be highly competitive. And he's a quiet, you know, unassuming kid off the court in many right. ways. And on the court, he's not very loud. He doesn't talk much at all, uh, but his game is very loud. So one of the things this year's team, last year's Razorback team wasn't a high volume three-point shooting team, but they did have yeah. Moses Moody. Yeah. Moses was a such a consistent shooter, good three-point shooter. He could stretch the defense at times. Coach Moss would put him in the corner. Uh, they're missing that this year. Is Nick Smith that consistent of a deep threat that he, he, he can do? He's going to shoot 40-plus from the three-point line? No, I don't think he's a consistent shooter. I think he's a consistent scorer. Mm, okay. So I think when you throw it to him, you know, the three-point shot, freshman, you know, there's a huge learning curve. He's not right. a drop-dead, pure shooter. Very good shooter. But that adjustment from high school to college, like that, that's almost another session for you and I. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the time commitment, the strength and conditioning, the grueling practices, the terminology, and how yeah. coaches are stressing defense versus um, – how coaches are stressing that was your alarm so i wouldn't be late <laughs> i always coach that's that's if i did not have my phone alarm forget about yeah. it I, I i'd be late for everything i forget everything i don't even wouldn't even know what day it is all right i gotta get back hold on oh we got you coach i did like what you were saying okay. about the yeah three. so he's a scorer versus a shooter so i i think when broken plays happen shot clock winding down He's, yeah. he's a guy. One, two dribble, pull up, knock it down. A quick drive to the basket, make an open shot. I think he's a guy who's going to score points. The, the key for him is not to be volumish, to, to mm. be more efficient, because all these high school players, not all of them, but most of them are very volumish, and they've got to learn that the, the efficiency to the game. But he's a guy that can put points on the board, broken plays, set plays. Um, yeah. and, and his mentality, you guys are going to love his mentality. He's going to keep coming. You know, right. on the road, at home, he's going he's gonna to play to the crowd a little bit at home, but he's a tough guy mentally. The great Leo Papil told me uh, right before I embarked on my journey to Fayetteville, he says, is anything you do, you've got to learn how to defend the three-point line. Right. And you know how difficult 
everything is, but the three point line, whether it is understanding how to catch and shoot quickly from, you know, high school to college, you don't have that, that time from the catch to the shot, the gap closes quick yeah. when you get yeah. to call and, and also defending, right? Because if, yeah. you know, in high school, you're defending the three, well, you get a little time to get out there. Uh, Leo was like, man, you, you got to figure that out, figure it out fast, which we were able to do. The other signee that they have, coach, the other signee, Jordan Walsh. He's another McDonald's almond. Now, it's true or false, you just came from McDonald's. Well, drive no, through or did you go in? Well, no, I, actually, I went to Starbucks. No Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, well, you, we're, you we're, we're, limited, we're limited where I live. So I went to Starbucks today, but no, I was part of the McDonald's All-American Selection Committee, and we just announced the uh, rosters. We'll do the game in March. Well, I thought you come from the actual restaurant McDonald's. No, I'm, I'm, trying, I can't, I'm trying to get some fries and a Big Mac like the old days. And, um, but he's a beast. He's a real Jordan beast. Now, you, you, you've got two guys in the top ten in the nation coming to Arkansas next year. So what I'm going to say is buy season tickets now because, you know, depends. We never know who's going to come back. Right. But we do know who's scheduled to come in. And, and Smith is the real deal. He's a local player. He's a big time player. Everybody in the country wanted him. You have him. So he's your two guard point guard type. Which, which, how, big, how big is he? He's six, three plus. I, I maybe stretch him to six, four. Um, now Jordan Walsh is, is a beast. Okay. He's about six, seven plus. He's got great springs. I mean, just he elevates in tight places and he really concentrates on the defensive end. I think that's what really attracted Musk. He's a hard playing dude. He gets into you defensively. He denies wings. Mm-hmm. He rebounds so well at six, seven, and he rebounds defensively. And he has the skill to take it in the open floor, not do too much, but defending, rebounding. And using his athletic ability to cover ground on closeouts and rotations, and and his effort is like never ending. Okay, so you're getting all that early. Now he doesn't understand angles and terminology, and all the things that Coach Mutz is going to teach. Whether it's a gap line defense, a denial defense, help and recover, you know, the, the ball screen coverages, those things are difficult for kids. But I think he can be a very good freshman defender. Now on the offensive end, he's a wing. He he loves to beat you off the dribble. He's capable from three, but he's best driving and he's best on the pull-up. And he attacks the offensive mm-hmm. glass. Now, I was at a camp in October, uh, McDonald's camp. It's Joe Wooten, the president of the McDonald's, has a camp in October that I help him with. So we had all these high-profile players, many McDonald's All-American candidates and actually McDonald's All-Americans now. So we have a little bit of fun. We play a one-on-one competition, right? We limit it to three dribbles. Get the best Wait, players play? in the camp. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm coaching. I'm, I'm coaching the whole time. So we limited the one-on-one competition, three dribbles, you know, and, and kept it really clean and efficient. But anyway, Jordan Walsh wins the one-on-one. Made a couple of threes, but what he does is he'll shot fake you, pull up shot. He'll mm. shot fake you, hesitate, drive to the rim. And Pat, when he gets in close to the basket, he really can elevate and punch it home. Uh, he takes long strides, good offensive player, very good defender. He gives you a little bit of both, but he's going to give you that, that toughness and that, that effort that you're really looking for. How, how can you tell if a 
player is going to be an impact player his freshman season because we've seen recently uh, Kentucky kind of suffered through this a little bit last year and so not just singling them. There were other schools where they do have high level five-star McDonald's guys yeah. that have the impact that some other guys do. It, right. Can you, are you able to see something in before or it's just, you never know what you got to get them on campus and put them through stuff. Well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping after all these years, I can figure out who can impact, you know, like Jabari Smith, Ty Ty yeah. Washington. You know, I, I couldn't sing their praises enough in terms of their, their growth and development over the high school and especially their senior season in high school. And, you know, I just thought that they would be impact guys in different ways, which they are. You, you saw Ty Ty go down uh, at Auburn and, and Kentucky could pull it out. They were up nine when he went out of the game. They were up nine. I mean, that's how much of a difference maker he is for them. So for me, it, it, it's a bunch of categories. I got, it, I got it on paper, but I really got it up here. You know, you got to look at athleticism. You got to look at physical measurables. You, you yeah. have to you see how that can impact the game. Then the skill level, the ability to shoot threes, shoot pull-ups, make your layups, make free throws. How do you handle? How do you pass the ball? How do you function with other players? That to me, that's all like in the skill category. Then defend and rebound. Is it? Are you just a good on-ball defender? Are you a good help defender? Ty Ty Washington took sixty-something charges in his four years of high school. I mean, I knew that. And he takes charges now, and, and they love him defensively as well as he is offensively. So I go through this checklist, and, you know, I also get into high IQ. Because, Pat, you're a very smart player. You knew you were a great shooter, average defender, okay? But you <laughs> knew how to get open and get your shot off because right. you knew that was your main weapon. So what you did is you learned how to use screens, how to move it out the ball, and, and utilize your dribble and jab step just to get that space so you can get that shot off back in the 90s. <laughs> so I'm looking at IQ. That's huge. Hey, and the me. refs didn't call many fouls back then too, Coach. We, we had to no. push that, them that, off that, and then shoot. That was, physical, that was physical combat in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, you, you breathe on a guy. They're giving you a little, you know, go to the free throw line. See how they take your free can shots. You, can you imagine if you played in today's game? You, you'd get all – you'd break all more records. Um, oh, <laughs> so the IQ is big. And then I go to the traits. And for me, traits, I mean, what are your encore traits that separate you from someone else? Are you a real everyday worker? Like Jordan Walsh, everyday guy. Yeah. Okay. Everyday guy. I've seen it. I've been with him. I know it. All right. Darian Ford, the kid you got coming in. The other kid, the power guard. Okay. Coach, everyday guy. This kid, I see, I, I see this kitty Ford. He, posts all these things on social media he's got like i think he's got two volkswagens attached to a a a, a, a weight bar and he's like bench pressing the volkswagens i go what the heck is what what is in the water down there and uh i forget what's what small town he's from but my goodness he's filthy strong yeah. kid strong attacking tenacious you know he, he's an exciting player he's a dynamic player he does so many things on the court he can make momentum changing plays as can Jordan Walsh and Nick Smith. So I, I have these categories, Pat, and then I just, I watch how they function with their team. I watch how they function with their coach. Cause if they're not coachable, it's going to be hard to impact right away. Like right. Jabari Smith, th there's not many more coachable than Jabari Smith. But when I say Jabari Smith at 6'10", long and athletic with great skill and footwork, people get excited. When I say coachable, 
you know, it's not a turn on, it's not sexy, but when you're coachable, you know, this, you have a teachable spirit. You, right. you come in with questions. You don't come in with the answers. You learn faster, you produce better and you produce bigger. So I'm looking at guys that are really coachable. I'm looking at guys that are great teammates. I'm looking at body language. I'm looking at everyday effort. I mean, I got a whole list of categories in my head to separate, you know, the five-star talent because not right. all five-star talent is the same. And, and Nick Smith, you know, has all the talent. I think he's got to learn how to defend better and, and be more every day in that aspect. Uh, and I think he knows that. I think he's willing to do it. I think he's a very determined kid. That's mm -hmm. why he's so high in the rankings. He's number number six in the ESPN 100. And Jordan Walsh, right around 10, I believe. So these guys have the drive and desire along with their skills and athleticism. Are they coachable? So far, yeah. yes. But we'll find out. You know, what's their body language going to be like when Musk gets on them and the staff gets on them and the crowd starts to boo? What's your body language going to be like? Because your body language tells me what you're thinking. You know, what type of teammate are you going to be? Are you going to be just concerned about yourself and your brand and your yeah. NIL deal? Or are you going to be worried about everybody on the team? So these things factor into guys that end up contributing uh, versus influencing versus impacting. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money with their rush pay instant approval withdrawing your winnings is safer it's more secure and it's more reliable now that basketball season is tipping off get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the bet rivers ios app you must be 21 years or older if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER and while i got you here let's talk about the field of 68 media network where college basketball matters most all year round this is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins, and North Carolina's Shimon Williams, and Michigan's Stu Douglas, and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. Well, what's your philosophy uh, on the pressures of an in-state kid playing for their home state university and, and Arkansas in particular, it's a very, uh, you know, that's it. The Razorbacks is, is the, the biggest show in town and the only yeah. show in town. Uh, there, there are some coaches who feel there's a, the pro and con to it. You know, unless a guy is absolutely five-star all American uh, guaranteed, but if he's, you know, so, some coaches feel different. I was just listening to a story about, I think it was Woody Hayes said if he wouldn't take a kid from Columbus, Ohio, unless he was guaranteed All-American. Because if he did, the kid did, it isn't, he doesn't play, the entire community is up and arms. Why aren't you playing the kid from Columbus? Well, yeah, he's, he's good. He's, he's not that great. So right. um, 
However, with that being said, I know personally a lot of non-five-star or four-star or even three-star Arkansas kids who go up to play for them. And they make all the difference in the team because of the heart and the passion and the pride. I don't know if you have thought about that or if you have a philosophy um, on, on the in-state debate. Yeah, and it's changed a little bit over time. Um, when you were coming out, we wanted to make sure that, you know, you would play. Well, Chris Herron was a perfect example. Chris Herron was, well, Chris Herron was a no-brainer, right, in terms of talent. He was, but he was the, a no-brainer. But the pressure. The pressure was enormous. But I yeah. think with Chris, because he was high profile, so high profile, uh, the pressure would have been anywhere. I thought Billy Curley was a great example because Billy lived it all four years at Boston College. And don't forget, when Billy came to BC, his first year, we were 1-15 in the Big East. They were booing us. They wanted us out. You know, Billy wasn't any good. Our team wasn't good. The coaches, you know, we were terrible. And then we made NIT second year. And then NIT third year. Then Elite Eight. Uh, so you have to grow with the program. But to answer your question, I think if you're a coaching staff, you have to be sure that you really want that player. You can't recruit a hometown kid or a local kid just because they're local, because you're recruiting them for the wrong reason. There's pressure maybe from your board of trustees. Let's be honest, right? There's people on campus that say they, they whisper to coaches all the time, you know, whether it's uh, someone in administration or a board of trustees or alums, hey, we really like you to bring in so-and-so. He's, you know, he's in-state kid. And that's where as a coach, you've got, you got to draw the line and say, if do we really want this kid? And then in what capacity do we want him? Because the player and the coach have to agree upon the role. So if it's a four-star player who's maybe a low four-star, if they agree upon this is going to be your role versus you thinking you're going to be a starter or a go-to guy or a centerpiece of the program because you are in high school, we, we have a different role for you. If that gets communicated on the front end, then I think everything works because right. you, you don't want to build that avalanche you know, of, of talking in the stands like a certain kid should be playing more versus, you know, a kid from out of state. So if you're a coach, you're only recruiting guys who you think can really help you. And you're going to miss. You can't yeah. take every in-state kid. You're not going to get every in-state kid. You, I may want you as a role player, but somebody else, maybe even outside the conference, wants you as a starter. Sure. You know, let, let me give you a quick example. When I'm in Ohio State, remember the name uh, Chris Quinn? Yeah, absolutely. Played in Notre Dame. Played in Notre Dame. Yeah. Coach in Miami yeah, yeah played, at the, played for the Miami Heat. Okay. Played for the Heat. Yeah. Local Columbus kid. We mm -hmm. just went to the Final Four. We're loaded in the backcourt. Scooney's got one more year left, but he's leaving. We've got all these great guards. So we have Chris Quinn, and we're recruiting him. So we couldn't offer him a scholarship out of high school, but we did offer him a red shirt. Well, you know what happened with that. Notre Dame came in and said, hey, we're going to give you a uniform. Forget the red shirt, okay? <laughs> we'll give you, know, you a parking spot. We'll give you a uniform. We'll give you tickets to football games, whatever they did. I don't know. But the thing is, he, you know, he played a little bit as a freshman, played a lot as a sophomore. To his credit, he got tremendously uh, good on the perimeter shooter, point guard. And he's in the NBA. So, yeah. I mean, we had to recruit him. At, we were very straightforward with him. I mean, we, we could have said all these other things, like we want you, we need you. But if we do that, and it doesn't work out, yeah. both parties both parties lose out. So I think communication on the role is important, the expectations. And I think coaches, all coaches have to 
recruit who they want and not go by what other people tell them. Yeah, that's a good point. What, um, what can you tell us, and, and you're right in there in the thick of things at tournaments and camps, so you see yeah. Coach Mullen win and you see uh, what's, what have been your interactions with him and, and just his approach to recruiting, high school recruiting, because coming in, everybody's like, oh, Coach Moss is just a transfer portal. His, yeah. you know, high school, and now he signs five, five, yeah. group, five top 100. So yeah. over the last couple of years since he's been uh, a, a hog, what have been your impressions in? On the recruiting trail, I mean, they're, they're laser focused. They know who they want to get. They identify talent really well. Then they evaluate exceptionally well, and they've closed. They've closed on all these big players. Yeah, they so, have. I've been really impressed with all the guys. You talked about Moses Moody last year, right? Um, they do a great job of being detailed, just like he does with his scouting reports and his game preparation. Uh, I happened to call one of his games at when he was at Nevada, so got to watch practice, shoot around. I know him a little bit, uh, you know, not you know, not great, but I knew his dad real well, uh, pretty well. I talked to his dad uh, frequently, and his dad was just a, a super basketball coach and, and as uh, you can imagine he loved the game <laughs> yeah his dad, his dad loved the game uh it was obsessed with the game but great teacher of the game too and um so i, I think Muss and his staff are, are relentless in a good way where they're mm -hmm. finding the guys evaluating the guys and then they've closed this year and i, I think they've been fantastic when it comes to recruiting they're not going to get every good player every year in the state but he certainly has enough connections out of state if the in-state kids don't want to come uh, to right. get the right player. Because at the end of the day, it's not about bringing in the hometown kids. It's about winning with the best players that you can find that fit their role. You would like some of those guys, of course, to be hometown kids. And, and you know, I was talking to uh, Moses Moody's father, Kareem Moody. Yeah, I, I've known Kareem for, for a long time, going back to Little Rock. He, he, um, he used to be a hooper, too, back in the day, Kareem. And he was explaining to me how Coach Muss and his staff laid it all out. Yeah. Explaining how not only we're going to help you on the court, but off the court. And so many things probably have changed in recruiting. Yeah. And how, how has – I can remember talking with um, uh, Malik Monk's brother, Marcus, about yeah. the recruiting process. There's another and, one. It was the first time I ever heard branding. branding. It was Marcus was trying to explain to me how part of the recruiting process now is how you're going to help with the brand. And it was so foreign to me. And this is what, five, six years ago, whatever it is. So uh, how important, or, or I guess, what impact has social media branding, uh, NIL now, how, what's that impact? How has that changed um, recruiting and, and how have you seen coaches be able to use it to their advantage legally, legally, yes. <laughs> legally. Well, the, the other thing about must, and I talked about detail, if you remember the story with, um, I believe it was Nick Smith or Jordan Walsh, maybe both of those guys, he had a huge whiteboard of everything written out of his detailed plan for his player from the moment they come on campus in June. Mm, wow. Day by day, by day, week by week, every month, like a calendar till yeah. your last game to how we're going to prepare you for the NBA draft. I mean, it was wow. all on a big whiteboard. And, and, you know, he had the whole. So when the recruit walked in, it was Jordan Walsh, I believe, and, and maybe Nick Smith, maybe both. Like 
there was a whole presentation just on the wall already pre-written. So you got to have a plan for kids because that's what they want to know. What's, what's your plan for me? We know we want to win. Okay. That we, we agreed on that, but you know, can we agree on what your plan is for me and how you'll utilize me and what background do you have in the game to help me get where I want to get to? So it must be in the NBA as, as a head coach, his experience now in the college game as an assistant in LSU and a head coach in Nevada. So he, he puts these plans together. Now, some guys can put plans together. They can't follow through. We see the results. I mean, player development is a focal point of Arkansas with winning. And uh, they must does a great job with that. And I wanted to mention that because that's a huge selling point, Pat, for today's kid. That's, that's part of helping these kids get to where they want to get to. Along with us, along with us winning. So branding, social media, you know, there's a lot of fluff involved today. I got to tell you, there's a lot of fluff when it comes to scouting, when it comes to coaching, um, you know. How, how difficult is it recruiting a, a, a parent or a guardian, uncle, whoever is a, a, a representative of a, of a player? Well, I call it the 360. You have to know everybody around that player's circle, right? That's the circle. So you have to have a relationship or a communication with everyone in the circle. And you have to be realistic. You can't just tell everybody how great somebody is because not everybody's that great. You know, I, had an NBA, I had an NBA GM that you probably know pretty well. I won't say his name, but he played for a team that you loved. And he was a good player. And he sent me... A text one day and he said, I follow your stuff. I read everything. You know, I love your insight. I know you coached. He says, but I read a lot. Can everybody be this good all the time? <laughs> and I was like, of course not. You know, not everybody's that good all the time. So you have to, re- when you're recruiting the circle for the players, you have to be realistic on what the gap is between where they are and where they want to go. You have mm-hmm. to have a plan and you have to be straightforward. They have to decide where they want to you know, invest their time and, um, you know, energy with, with staff, because yeah. a lot of staffs can say the right thing, but you got to have some proof, right? And you look at what, what Mus has done over his career. I mean, he's done a lot of great things in the game, winning wise and player development wise. And right. then you know, I, I, he's a phenomenal practice coach. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. I was with Rick Majerus and, and Majerus, yeah. Majerus always used to say, we're going to play like we practice. Well, we're going to play really close to the way we practice. That's yeah. why that's why we're going to be good in practice. And and it was an emphasis. And and Tibbs, right? I played for Tibbs up at Salem. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Tibbs said it on social media just about a month ago. You play like you practice. That's why you focus on practice and you don't focus on the games. Uh, we know the games are important. We're we're, we're high. We're sky high for the games. We got to right. be ready for having a great practice. So the brand is important because kids and parents and hanger honors and trainers and coaches, they all think that there's some money there uh, for the prospect. And, and there is, but this NIL stuff, this is only for the high level player, Jordan Walsh or Nick Smith, as they matriculate into Arkansas, they have real opportunity. Right. Because the high profile players that have a, a following, even if they didn't have a following on social media, they're high profile players so they're important to the Arkansas community. So I'm sure the businesses, the fan base, the alumni of Arkansas 
and and the people that are with Jordan Jordan Walsh or with Nick Smith will get together and find opportunities. But I don't want the player just thinking about NIL money when you have a GPA to worry about, or that's important, and you have your game to worry about, and right. that's important. That's why I say for kids to focus on their teammates. Don't be so busy with branding and NIL that you know, you're not concerned about your teammate, his feelings, his family, what's going on in his life. Because by improving and winning, you're going to help your brand tenfold, no matter mm. how many tweets, no matter how many thumb tweets you put out there. Right? <laughs> That's what the fluff is. It's nice to put out things of, of highlights and good things that you do. But the grind and, and, yeah. and you know, and, and the, the Coach, toughness. D- D- Arkansas's Devo Davis comes in as a freshman. You know, because he's from the Rock area, Jacksonville. Yeah. They go to the Elite Eight. He's on billboards now. I mean, he yeah. – he, and, and so you're right. It's about really what you do when you get there. I, you know what I mean? And, and you got – but but the grind, as you know and I know, it's a full day every day. And, yeah. you know, you, you even have to learn to know how to rest. Yeah. You have yeah. to learn – you have to learn how to recover now, the ice bath. Uh, you know, the cryo, there's all these different things that, you know, take time to get your body right for the next day. And sleep is a big thing. Not being on your phone is going to become a skill soon. <laughs> Just to put that thing away and shut sleep. it down. Sleep. Now, now if, you yeah, have a huge, if you have a huge social media following, um, like let's say LeBron's son, Bronny, who's a really good player. I, I mm-hmm. love his game and I love his demeanor. But he's got 6 million people following him right now. If he never played, if he never played basketball again, he would have endorsement opportunities, uh, branding opportunities, business opportunities. There'd be no, you know, or NIL, if you want to call it in college, that's going to happen for him regardless. But for 98%, your brand is your game. Your brand is winning. Your brand is your character. Go ahead, go ahead and make a stupid mistake. Character wise, nobody's going to pay you money. Yeah. to see to see you make a mistake even though you're a kid 18 to 22 you're going to make a ton of mistakes but if you do something in public and people find out that's going to hurt your brand right so don't grow up too fast <laughs> don't just take don't chase the money chase the guy off the three-point line instead yeah with Bronny james uh what's his where's he going ohio state no he's just a junior and you know he's got to make a decision like some of the good players in the class do i want to go to college um you know do i want to go to the g league after i graduate or do i want to leave high school and and play in the overtime league um one thing they don't need is money did lebron go to ohio state wasn't that wasn't i think lebron would yeah we were recruiting him his first two years and then i was going out to akron and and dave spiller our other assistant we were driving out to akron we had keith dambrot bring LeBron up on campus for unofficials football game practice. Yeah. And by the time he was a junior, the egg man, Kenny, Kenny, uh, Kenny Williams said to me, uh, you better stop recruiting him, man. Cause NBA is recruiting him now. <laughs> he could leave after his junior year in high school. Yeah. I, w- I was told that to save my gas and to save my stamps, you know, we write the handwritten notes back then because he's coming to the league. So we stopped recruiting him because he didn't want to, we didn't want to waste our time, but, yeah. And, you know, he was obviously the greatest player in, in my time of, of coaching when I'm watching him uh, in high school. 
So just, you know, for Bronny, I don't know what direction he's going to go. With Bronny, it's going to be about development. You know, where can he best be happy? You know, right. college campus is pretty fun. Pretty fun. Pretty you fun, to- pretty normal. You got thousands of kids your own age. You got to learn how to function with other kids. You got to learn how to be respectful. You got to see people that are different than you. You yeah. know, I'm a big college guy uh, because that's the way I, I, I've been in the game. But I think it's great for personal growth, not just the basketball game. Couple more, Coach, and I'll let you get out of here. Is there anything a player or their family can do to hurt their recruiting? Like, have you ever seen? I'm sure you've seen, you see it all the time, but what are some of the things that? You've seen that, you know, just turns off coaches like immediately. You know, when kids act like fools <laughs> and say and say stupid things on social media, whether they use vulgarity yeah. or not, um, and the parents enable them to do that. Yeah. Because lot lot, college staff. Well, coaches, coaches are looking at everyone. They're, they're well, looking the, at the they have managers and they have volunteers and they have secretarial staff or administration staff that are looking at people's social media all the time. So if a kid is spouting off on how he doesn't like the rankings and F, F the rankings. Right. Okay. Well, as a parent, you're going to let your kid post that. I, a kid should be upset about whatever he wants to be upset about, but a parent's role, because I am one is to try to help my child express their feelings and, and handle it in a better fashion. So what, if they put something mean out about another player, uh, anything derogatory on social media, automatic turnoff. Now that's for the players and for the parents, because you got parents in the stands, bad mouthing high school coaches. So I'm watching you bad mouth the high school coach. What do I think you're going to do right. when your son come in place for me? So there are turnoffs by parents and players and, and, and trainers when, when they, when they bad mouth coaches or when they, you know, put people down or are disrespectful on a social media platform. Um, when they just get too obsessed, when parents get too obsessed about their kids, it's not healthy for anybody. And coaches don't want that. They don't want yeah. that drama. They want, they want you hand your son over to me. We'll have an agreement on, you know, basketball academics and character. This is the way I run my program. Now it's not my way to the highway. Can't be that way anymore. It's got to be strong <laughs> communication. Right. But parents can't run the program. Right. You know, yeah. Parents can't dictate playing time. They can certainly voice their feelings and communication. And, and I encourage coaches to not only talk to parents, but if I got back into coaching, I would go visit every player on my team, uh, their parents at mm. their home. Like I did a home visit a long time ago. See coaches do the home visit. Then they never go to that house again. Right. Yeah. I, I would go back to the parent's house and, and you know, let's break bread. Let's right. talk and, and let's communicate because it's really about communication. It's about listening and it's about explaining, but parents can be turnoffs, players can be turnoffs, anything that's disrespectful, anything that, you know, even on the officials sometimes, sometimes parents and even kids, when kids get really bad body language and bad language and get technical fouls, I can't tell you how many times coaches say to me, you know, my head guy doesn't want that. Right, right. Is that so? I'm I'm looking at everything and I try to tell parents and, and, and players, you know, how they can help themselves uh, in the recruiting process. Now, if you're high profile and you want to do those, do those things, some high profile coaches will still take you. <laughs> Guess what? Some won't. Some won't. Coach, you've been great. East Boston's fun. I owe you a Santapios. I'll ship it out there to Charlotte, North Carolina. Don't worry. You're going to ship out the pizza? 
I would, I'd bring it to me on my flight on Friday, but you just get crust and some crumbs by the time, by the time I land. <laughs> okay. So, so I'll make sure that they, they put you in the free, in the freeze box for you. So you can have right. heat it up. Well, this is, this has been great. And, and I'm so proud of you when you went to Arkansas and now what you're doing with your career after, you know, I know you had a big time radio show and, and now you're, now you're a celebrity with the SEC network. Wow. So I'm grateful for the call. Coach, I'm grateful for you. Thank you, brother. You're always there. Text me back. Call me back. I appreciate communication. Uh, you're one of the best, and I appreciate it. All right, Pat. Thanks. All right. Stay safe, Coach.